Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy Podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Sarah Al-Mandani, a 36-year-old entrepreneur, PhD, twice-divorced single mom, and the only Emirati on the new cast of The Real Housewives of Dubai, a controversial show if there ever was one. Sarah talks all about what she's got on the go, why she decided to do this show, what the reaction has been, how her family has felt, her life, her goals, her philosophy, and why she thinks the most important person we can invest in is ourselves. on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. So basic question, what made you want to do this? Three things. Okay. Number one is I was like, this is the biggest PR campaign I can give an Arab woman in the Western world to kill the stereotype they have about us, which is that we are submissives. We have no rights. We can't live our dreams. It's like, hold on. That's not true. (laughs) So this is the first reason. Second reason, definitely the exposure is good for a personal brand. Third reason, it's good for work. It opens doors to networking, to meeting new people, and just, you know, taking your life on a different pathway that's completely different than the one you're on. So I, I, I love experiencing new things. I live for that because you live once. So why not? I've been saying this to people, the exposure And the way the show puts people into another level, none of us can possibly understand. So it's easy for you to say, oh, I wouldn't go on it or whatever, because so I'm curious, just since it started, what have you seen in terms of like an elevation of your brand attention? I mean, what what I love is we're only two episodes in and already the, the people on social media are realizing my true character as a person, which means like I, I was authentically myself, because if you ask me, who are you? And then you ask me, what do people say about you behind your back? They match. And when they match, that means you're being completely authentic, you know? So I'm so happy that I'm portraying myself the right way. And I wasn't acting. I was just being me. But at the same time, I had a lot of backlash being an Emirati on such a show. You know what I mean? So, and the backlash was like a bit, a bit, um, it was a bit strong and there was no mercy in it towards me being the only Emirati cast on the show. But once the show came out, the first two episodes came out, a lot of people changed their minds. Like the same people who were like offending me and like attacking me, they were like, we're sorry, we didn't get the point, you know? So I was like, thank God, this is good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I'm interested in your family. How did your family take the news that you were going to do it? Did they understand? Your dad was on last night on the phone, right? So, yeah. So look at it in this way. So my family raised me up to take my own decisions, you know? Um, And they knew I was rebellious anyway. So they were like, no matter what influence we have on her, this girl will always make her own decision. So when I told them about it in the beginning, they were kind of worried about how the world, the Arab world will will perceive it and the pressure it will, it will put on me. 
But I've been I've been on, on the limelight since I was 15. So I keep telling them, don't worry, my skin is thick as leather. I had the weirdest like things happen to me online from people. So I was like, Dad, I got this, you know, don't worry. Um, they had their reservations a little bit, but in the end, they were like, do whatever you want. This is your life. You know what you're doing. We trust you, you know? Okay. Amazing. Yeah. You're gonna uh, you're gonna actually you're gonna actually see a little bit of my family on the show as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was interested yeah. last night when you said I'm trying to raise Maktoum differently because there's a lot of toxic masculinity in Arab men. Can you just expand on that a little bit and how you're trying to change that? So basically, you know, I was married twice and um I, I'm 36 years old. During my life and my stages of my life, I realized that a lot of Arab men have been brought up to not show their emotions, to not cry. A man is not supposed to do this. A man is not supposed to um, open up to his wife about certain things. There's no friendship between a wife and a husband. It's just a marriage. Is it? And I'm like, this is toxic masculinity because I'm pretty sure a man craves these things. He craves to show his emotions. He wants to cry sometimes. He wants to be human. Like for God's sakes, we're both humans. And but that facade he has to keep on is, is very hard. And this facade kills a lot of love, a lot of relationships, and a lot of friendships. So I believe that my son is not going to be raised like that. He's going to be raised to show his emotions, to, to be vulnerable. And being a man does not mean all these things. You are a human being. And that's how I'm raising my son to be. Okay. So no boys don't cry. No stiff upper no. Never, never. Boys cook, boys cry, girls fix cars, you know, girls can can have a six pack and do a muscle show like he believes we are equal uh, as men and women. But at the same time, I'm teaching him chivalry. So like to be a gentleman, to be all that, because that should not die in men. So your two divorces, which Maktoum said three divorces, which was really funny. And you're like, it's only two. But I think the last time I talked to you, you were getting married. So that seems yeah. to be mentioned it you know it's it's a thing and I know it's a thing for you in your life it's almost like a little bit of a character so far like what do you sort of what have you taken away from those experiences it sounds like it it's not been fun yeah no but just to clarify to you why Maktoum thinks I'm married three times because okay. the, the male figure in his life is my dad ah, so okay. uh, so he, my dad is like his dad so he calls my dad dad so and he thinks you know as a child that the only way that that my father can be his father yes. is for me to marry my father. I was like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, out of my out of my two marriages um, that that were not good and ended up, uh, thank God, ended because of wrong decisions. And I feel like I did not understand a lot of things about life when I chose my partners. But it's also what it taught me is that. Love is the most beautiful thing in the world. Although I've been used and abused in so many situations, I still feel like love is the answer. Kindness is the answer. So these kind of situations did not sharpen my edges. It softened my edges. You know, I became better, not bitter. Mm -hmm. So I am still searching for love, you know, and I still believe in marriage and, and I want to find the one. And, you know, two bad experiences will, will not give me a wrong impression about 9 billion people living in this world. You know, I'm sorry. It takes much more than two people to do that. So that's why, you know, I keep telling my mom, listen, mom, I love love. And I'm going to get married as much as as much times as I can until I find the one. My mom's like, oh, God, this girl, like she's been a problem since the age of two. 
<laughs> yeah. You said that in the beginning of the show, and like you were talking about how you've said that repeatedly, like I'm a rebel. And when I spoke to you last time, I think, or maybe the first time you, you were covering, and then you, in the beginning of the show, you alluded to the fact that covering is cultural, it's not religious. So you've made a decision, um, I guess, along the way, like, can you sort of just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so actually, I start with the, why did I start wearing it in the beginning? It was wow. not worse. It was not a personal choice. I married it. I, I married it. I wore it to marry my first ex-husband it was like uh he made me do it so that's mm -hmm. how it started but then living my life and even after the divorce I felt like hold on this is not a choice I made and I feel like I'm being a hypocrite because I'm wearing it but yet inside I don't want to wear it and and I'm not it's not like I was covered completely religiously no that decision I never took in my life but I I moved towards covering culturally but then that part of the culture didn't make sense to me. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, looking at culture as a box of chocolate and picking whatever you like and whatever you don't like, you just let it go. Anyways, in the end, culture is man-made and it was made by people who are in their graves right now. And we have a lot of love and respect for them. And I love my culture, but whatever fits me, I carry with me. Whatever doesn't fit me, I leave it. And it's not a sin. Okay, yeah. so in, in, in the second episode, you were talking to Chanel and you were talking a lot about, I've been in the dark place and I know what it's like to be healed and happy and healthy. You've been through quite a lot to get to that other side and you can see it in your sort of comfort in dealing with the drama or whatever is happening. What's your advice for people who feel like they're in that dark place and how did you, how did you sort of do this? So my biggest advice is the the best investment you can ever make is not in Bitcoin, is not in the next bag or car or house you buy. The best investment you can ever make is in your heart and mind, you know, and which means normalize therapy. If you feel like something is wrong with you, go seek help. If I have, if you have a heart problem, you'll go to a heart doctor. If you have like a, a bone problem, you'll go to a bone doctor. If you have mental problem and you're going through traumas and you're going through a depression or through a hard time, there is people for that as well. So normalize it, especially in the Arab world. You don't have to be crazy to go to a therapist. So I've done so much therapy. And what I want people to see in me is I'm always happy because happiness is a state of mind. Like whatever bad things happen in my day, you, it will never affect, affect my happiness because it's a state of mind. And then whatever happens under, yeah, it might bother me. It might this, but I'm always happy. It's a choice. So I want people to see that surviving is beautiful. It's, it's, it's okay. It's great. You can come out looking amazing and you should not bear the darkness and being down and living through that and hoping that with time you will heal. Time is beautiful. But as I said, you cannot have a heart problem and say, let time heal. No, it's impossible. Your heart, your body, your, your mind, your soul, they are parts in you. And just like you deal with your body, you got to deal with your, your, your soul and your mind as well. So normalized therapy, it's beautiful. I was in a dark place. Now I'm in an amazing place. And I wouldn't have done this without life coaching, therapy, hypnotherapy. And I went out of this dark place and I am where I am and I'm happy. You went further. Like you were saying on the second episode, you are, you did study hypnotherapy and you are a life coach. What made you 
I feel like you're, I've heard this term on TikTok called multipotentate lately. And I feel like you're the living example of a multipotentate because you, like, I was like, what? She's hypnotherapy. She's a life coach. Like what made you dive deeper even? No. So I was telling her to do hypnotherapy. Oh, you were not telling her. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've done hypnotherapy. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So I've done hypnotherapy once, just okay. one session. And my whole life changed one session only because it goes to your subconscious mind, basically to the core of your problem. Right. Okay. But um, I, I, I am a certified life coach and, but life coaching is not like therapy. Like this is life coaching is completely different. You know, therapy is fixing the problem. Life coaching is telling you how to live after the problem. It's completely different, you know? So I was advising her to do that because like it changed my life. And I feel like anyone who went through trauma, should not live with it and just find a way to get over it, accept it and come out of it beautifully. Mm-hmm. What do you, but, but I, that's something important. You said multipotent, what'd you say? Multipotentate. I just learned it this week on TikTok. Yeah. What, what does it mean? It's like, you know, I've always felt like this about myself. Probably a lot of people, I just want to do everything. You know, you want to do everything. Oh. Like you want, you want to write, I want to write a screen, you know, and I feel like you're like this too, because you started so many yeah. companies since you were 15 and people maybe, did they tell you like, you're trying to do too much, Sarah? I don't know. Like, what do you think about this? No, I and like people tell me this all the time. They're like, slow down. You know, if you want to be perfect and amazing at something, focus at one thing. I'm like, hell no, I can't. I just started vocal classes singing. I'm like, I want to find out if I can sing. So you live once. And if you live it right, one time is more than enough. And people need to understand there are people that exist. And then there are, there are people that are living. I don't want to exist. I want to live. So I want to try everything. When I leave this world, I want to empty myself here. All the love, all the kindness, all the fun, all the experiences, I want to leave it here and go empty. So there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Uh, any misconceptions you want to clear up on the show? And a lot of people are like, some of these women are awful. What do you have to say about that? You're coming across great, but... I, I mean, look, I feel like everyone had an opportunity to showcase who they are and it was a fair shot. So everyone was who they are and you see people for who they are. That's all I can say. Okay. You've always got stuff cooking, fashion. What is, what is in, on your mind to do? Do you have something you're launching? Yes. Right now I'm building an electric uh, vehicle. <laughs> I love it. it. I was like, I was like, it's challenging. It's, it's, uh, it's different. It's a man industry. I'm like, hop on Sarah, let's do this. So me and my business partner, we're, we're building a hybrid car and it's called Alexma and we're building it in Europe. But right now we're having a lot of talks with the UAE government to move our production facility here. So, so that's going to be, uh, uh, the prototype is going to be ready probably next year, January. And we've been working on this for almost three to four years. So this is happening. And, you know, I just launched my NFT. Just like you said, I'm all over the place and I love it. <laughs> okay. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarah. And uh, hopefully I'll get to talk to you again when the show uh, wraps. Definitely. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.